Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, where we shine the spotlight on the many but often ignored positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, Red Stripe, Caramed and Proven Investments Limited. I am Luke Douglas and welcome to Impacting Jamaica. Today I'm speaking with Tarek Walter, a Jamaican living in the United States, a graduate of one of our top high schools here in Jamaica, Campion College, and also a graduate in civil engineering from the prestigious Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Welcome, Tarek, to Impact in Jamaica. Thank you very much, Luke. It is a pleasure to, to join this conversation with you, and I'm looking forward to, you know, just chatting with you here today. So, Tarek, tell me a little bit about yourself. You grew up in Spanish Town, and you learned to play tennis. How, how did that happen? That is, that's, a, that's a perfect starting point there, Luke. Um, grew up right there off St. John's Road in Spanish Town. Um, and my house um, is right there in St. John's Garden. Um, but right in front of my house is an open football field. You know, the, the local community, the different, um, you know, 81 St. John's Road, the different lanes in that area, um, they use that open football field for a variety of sports. And I grew up my entire life for 18 years um, before going to college, seeing all the different sports being played, cricket, football, you know, track and field, everything right there. But it was until I got to Campion where I, for the first time, I put my feet on a tennis court. You know, I grew up seeing tennis. Um, I remember watching Venus Williams, Serena Williams, when they broke through, um, you know, winning the US Open with the beads in their hair. <laughs> seeing all of these fantastic players. But yes, it was the first time my, you know, first year, grade seven at Campion that I put my foot on a tennis court. Wow. Mm, a boy from Spanish town. So. Were, were you like intimidated and said um, some of these kids are from prep school, they've been playing tennis for years, um, that didn't turn you off at all? You know, it's, it's funny you brought that up there, Luke, because it's, I have a funny story for you where um, my best friend from, um, from, from Jamaica, um, the first person I met was Michael Wilson. Right. And um, Michael always give me a hard time that the first time he met me, he said I had an accent. Yeah. And I said that I was from Spain. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody uh, in, in Spanish town said they're from Spain, you know. And, that's right. But, <laughs> so you were, you were from Spain. Yeah, man, exactly. <laughs> from Spain. Um, yeah. The intimidation question. Um, you know, it was just a new experience. I was looking forward to something new. Um, majority of the kids in my class during, you know, grade one or um, first form were yeah. all from Peter and Paul, um, Vaz Prep. I, I remember so many, 
you know, and, and different skin colors too. But I knew I earned my seat there. And I was just looking forward to, to meeting them, learning from them, and, you know, grow while at Campion. And, and that has been the story of your life, right, Tariq? You came from humble beginnings, but you were not afraid to take on new experiences and to excel as you went along the way. You're so right there, Luke. And it's, I think it's a, it's a critical life lesson for every person listening, whether you are from a poor community or if you think you're not, you don't belong. Yes. Embrace that fear. Embrace the discomfort. Embrace that, you know, uncomfortable feeling because that's where the sweetness is. Fantastic. Embrace the fear. Yeah, embrace the fear, man. Yeah, man. Right. Absolutely. So tell me, tell me about how you got to MIT, one of the most prestigious colleges in the, in the United States and in the world. All right. So I'll, I'll share with you the short version of this story here, Luke. Um, right. My father works at the Jamaica Flour Mills. Um, you know, close to airport. And I would have to travel with him every morning. So I would wake up at 4.30 for seven years, waking up at 4.30 a.m. so that we could exit the house by 5.30. Wow. And then from 5.30, we would drive and get to Hope Road where camping is by 6.30 so that my father would not be late for his seven o'clock at Jamaica Flow Mills. So that was the norm for me. And I, there was one morning I got to school. The sun was just about to rise. I'm the only one there at 6.30. So I started to just walk around the classroom, Luke. And walking around the classroom, I saw a book on the floor. This was grade eight to be exact. So. Second form. Yes. And the book I found on the floor, I took it up, and the title said, Top Colleges in the United States. So I said, all right. I had an interest. I had passions for STEM, for science, engineering, math, and all of that. And I just said, let me turn the pages to find the best school in engineering. And I saw the acronym at the time. I didn't know what it meant, but I saw M-I-T. I had no idea the challenge it would take to get there at the time, Luke. I didn't know that it was, you know, on average during the winter, you know, negative 10, negative 20 degrees. I wow. had <laughs> no background or, or knowledge of MIT, but I made a pledge that I would one day attend MIT to myself. And that's how the seed was planted to get to MIT. But um, how could you afford to go to MIT? Was it a, a scholarship? Or did you have a, a rich uncle? How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so the, the, the beauty about MIT, and I, and I really want to promote um, these types of programs. The beauty about MIT is that they have a strong um, funding 
for students who don't have the resources. So the most important thing is to get through to MIT. And then from there, they have the funding to support need-based scholarships. Um, so it's, it's schools with typically a larger endowment um, with strong alumni who give back. And I was blessed and fortunate to receive scholarships that were need-based. Um, you know, I still had to take out loans and we still had to figure it out, but there was a blessing from MIT through their scholarship program. Fantastic. And you went on to complete your degree in civil engineering, right? So tell me, um, Tarek, tell me about the hats that you wear at this time. What are you doing um, in the United States right now? All right. So... Um, I'm wearing two hats at this time. I am working at a Fortune 500 manufacturing firm um, called Emerson, Emerson Electric. I, I serve as a, a director of product management um, using or creating their ultrasonic equipment. So using, you know, unique technologies to manufacture um, different types of products. You know, so when you think of the smartphone that you have, when you think of the packaging for biscuits and snacks and all of that, just imagine um, ultrasonic technology using to seal and manufacture those pieces of plastics. So that's the first hat that really speaks to my STEM background coming from MIT. Um, but the second hat is my personal um, passion project. Right. which is the Walton and Friends nonprofit organization. Um, this was a project which started off in business school. A group of friends and I um, are all passionate about STEM and the arts. And we wanted to promote different types of strategies to impact the community using STEM and the arts. So one of the first projects that we did was we went back to my primary school and we created a scholarship program at St. John's Primary, right there next to St. Catherine High. Um, and this was in honor of um, teachers and principals, um, the, you know, WBC, so Walton, Burton and Cunningham. Um, those were all instrumental principals in my life. And we created that scholarship program there um, we also, you know, developed their special needs um, facility. But when we think of a global scale here, Luke, I, you know, I, I thought of the resources that we can bring. But if we wanted to reach a global audience, we needed to write a book. And that was one of the inspirations that, that really fueled me to, to write my first book, called Secrets from MIT Tennis and the Umpire Above. Right. Um, it's a mentorship book which provides 10 lessons for anyone at any stage of their life, whether it's a, a young student with a dream in their heart who wants to go and achieve the world, or whether it's a parent who has a talented, um, hardworking um, you know, child, this book can really support their development um, towards achieving their dreams. So two hats at this time. Indeed. 
So um, tell me a little bit about tennis, the, the role that tennis has played in your life. Because you played tennis at Campion. Did you continue um, playing tennis at MIT? Tell me about that. All right. So I, I did not play competitively at MIT, um, but I still play to this very day. Right. You know, so my wife and I, um, you know, she is very, she's very good at tennis. Um, so we often play together. Um, and she was much more competitive than I am. Um, but going back to the essence of tennis, though, Lou, yes. you know, tennis is a very powerful sport because it really challenges the mind and the hand. Yes. What I mean by that is the motto of MIT in Latin is mens in manus. And that translates in English to be mind and hand. Yes. And I think that's the beauty or the secret of MIT where whatever project you're participating on as a student, you're going to be challenged mentally and also hands-on building things. So if you're going to design a bridge, you're going to be able to, you're going to be challenged on designing the forces involved along each of the trusses going the span of the bridge. Yes. And then at the same time, physically, you're going to be constructing that bridge using your hands. And I think that's the power of MIT, which translates to tennis, because ultimately in tennis, it's, I would say, almost 80% mental, right. 20% physical, because there are no substitutes in tennis. You don't have a teammate to pass the ball to. There, are, there is no timeouts. You can't get access to a coach. You can't pass the ball. You have to figure it out and problem solve mentally on your own yes. with the racket in your hand. So it's, those are the two elements, um, mind and hand, that really connects MIT and tennis in a very significant way. And I, I, I don't want to mislead or confuse people right. um, saying that one sport is better than the other. I yeah. love track and field. I love football. You know, all of those are excellent sports. You know, Usain Bolt teaches us, um, you know, all the time, Elaine, all of those superstars demonstrate the mental strength. But when it comes to tennis, it's not, it's not just for a 10-second sprint. Right. It's for three hours of grueling challenge, mental and physical, that really makes the sport stand out in my mind. Right. So um, I want to touch on some of the questions that you have s sought to answer in your work and in mm -hmm. your books. Um, one, of, one of those questions is about today's young people and social media yeah, man. right many of today's young people prioritize social engagements that are rooted in narcissistic and self-absorbed values this is what this is your words right absolutely instead of eternal principles that that have guided great inventors leaders artists athletes of the past what can we do to steer this generation of young people in the right direction. I am so happy you brought that topic up here, Luke. Right. 
it is such a powerful message because this is the reality that we're seeing. When we look at all the challenges across the world, and I'm not just talking about Jamaica, I'm talking about globally. Yes. I often see, I'll give you an example. I have seen, you know, there's a homeless person on the street and somebody walks up with a smartphone and a pizza box and films themselves giving a pizza to a homeless person. And when I think about that and we, we analyze it critically, yeah, yeah. what is the mission or what's the motivation for that? Is it, is it to get the selfie? Is it to get you know, the image? Or is it to help that homeless person through their current challenge? Mm-hmm. And I think that is the essence of what this book is all about. You know, this world, we need role models, strong role models who can demonstrate what it means to live a moral, humble, respectful life that improves society and makes this world a better place. You know, and because of technology, when we think of technology with smartphones, you know, the very fact that we're on a Zoom call right now, it connects us, it connects us all. Um, and it's a good thing. But if we don't have the foundation or if we're not grounded in those life principles like humility, like perseverance, like love, right. like teamwork, like those core principles rooted in our hearts, yes. it's easy to go astray in this social media world. Um, and as we speak, you know, many of our young people, especially our young men, you know, we look across um, Kingston, Montego Bay, your hometown of Spanish Town, there are so many young yeah, man. men who have turned to the gun, turned to scamming. They think these are quick ways to make, make a buck. And values such as hard work, humility, um, education, honesty, those seem to be lost values among many of our young people. What can you say to our young people in Jamaica and across the world uh, you know, that, that will change the mindset yes. of some of these people. It's a wonderful question there, Luke. And I want to think very critically um, as, I, as I, you know, provide my answer. If we continue to not be aware of those fundamental principles that are, you know, that are given by God, it's going to continue to be a downward spiral, you know, it's going to continue to be a challenge for economic growth because the root cause of all of, you know, our challenges across developing countries is crime. You know, when I think of, um, when I meet different individuals across um, different Jamaicans living in the States, the consistent answer that I, that I hear is, well, I'm scared, you know. I'm scared to go home because of X, Y, and Z. Right. And my message there is that if we do not solve that issue, the problem will continue to be a downward spiral. So my message to solve, before trying to 
drive economic growth and um, you know coming up with new frameworks for business and governments to 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 succeed. The number one advice that I want to start with is spirituality. Getting back to the fundamental belief that there is a God behind the process, that all living things, there is a spirit flowing through all living beings, and that spirit is God. That's the number one thing. The second thing that I would want to share as well, Luke, is there are three principles that I hold dear to my heart. The first principle, as you said before, hard work, but I I, I like to to describe it using perseverance because perseverance is that lesson in, in life that no matter what you're going through, if you have a broken leg, if you have, um, everything going opposite to your way or you it's not going your way having that mentality of perseverance allows you to continue to grow and move towards the vision that you want to achieve so the first lesson i live by is perseverance the second one is love and by love i mean reciprocity reciprocity in the sense that even if somebody is doing harm to you, you would rather walk away, not allow them to to beat you up or anything because you're not going to be stupid, but you would rather walk away before casting, you know, physical harm to that person. This principle of reciprocity. And the third one, which I think is equally important, is humility. Humility defined by not putting yourself before others, because that's the root of all narcissism. Um, it's, you know, narcissism taking the selfies and all of that. But instead, being humble to put others before you, right. to serve others. And I think that's the true display of, um, you know, if you're going to give that pizza or give a patty or whatever to that person in need, do it with the kindness of your heart, not with a selfie, but do it to make their life better. And eventually your life will become better. Perseverance, reciprocity, and humility. Beautiful. Three excellent words to live by, uh, Tarek Walton. Uh, and to, to wrap up as we... Um, come close to the end of this um, talk. Tarek, tell me a little bit more about your activities to, to, to get back and to give back to Jamaica. So the, the first step um, is I wanted to provide a true life story um, in the form of a mentorship book that can help the next generation. And right. I think um, that's the first step for me, being honest, sharing all the failures and successes. Um, But the next step is ultimately creating a framework that allows for alignment and success across business, government, and community. I think that's a very critical part to play because that allows everyone to be a part of the solution. Right. And, you know, if, if I were to summarize what is that framework, 
I'll leave one letter with you here, Luke. And that letter is S. And I spell the letter S with an E, S, and an S. And, and the reason why I say that is the framework that I think is critical for the growth of Jamaica is one, entertainment. We have a brand, we have, it's in our DNA for entertainment. You know, just thinking about the street dances and, you know, the, 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 the big tower of speakers, that's a part of our DNA. Right. The next letter is spirituality. There's no other place on this earth. When you travel, you find so many churches per square mile. Right. And then the third is sports. We have the fastest woman, fastest man consistently coming from our little island of Jamaica. So in terms of what's the next step, it, the goal is to create that environment that creates alignment across government, business, and community leaders to enable that letter S, being entertainment, sports, and spirituality. And that will drive the success of Jamaica for the long term. Indeed, Tarek Walton. What, what year did you leave Campion? So I left Campion in 2007 when I graduated in, um, in Upper Six. And then I started uh, my freshman year at MIT in college um, that very year. So that, that makes you a very young man. And it shows that there is so much more to come from you, Tarek Walton. We look forward to even greater success in the future and how, as you impact on our people and impact here on Impacting Jamaica podcast. It has been a pleasure speaking with you. All the best to you, Tarek Walton. Thank you, Luke. It was truly an honor talking with you today. Really a pleasure. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Red Stripe, Kyramed, and Proven Investments Limited. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcast, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.